So I know that Psalm 23 is among the most famous Bible passages in the entire Bible. So you can think of maybe some other ones that are really famous. Uh, John 3.16 comes to mind, right? God so loved the world that he sent his only son so that whoever believes in him may not perish but may have eternal life, right? That's certainly one of the, the top, probably top five most, most famous. Um, Genesis 1.1, right? In the beginning, you know, and then just kind of goes on from there. Uh, Psalm 23, I think, I mean, I haven't done any kind of research or polls or anything, but I, I'd put it right up there at the top over those ones, over any other passages. If you come to a funeral, I'd say it's maybe a 50-50 shot that Psalm 23 will be the psalm response at the funeral. It might not be, but it's pretty common, right? So it's, it's like a very common passage from Scripture. And rightfully so, right? It's, it's, it's a beautiful passage, right? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In verdant pastures he gives me repose. Besides restful waters he leads me. He refreshes my soul. Super beautiful. The thing for me, though, is that a lot of times when I read Psalm 23, it doesn't seem to trigger anything in me, right? So a lot of times I, I hear people talk about Psalm 23 in this sort of almost like mystical or majestic kind of way, like, oh, what a beautiful, what a beautiful passage. Sometimes, sometimes people read it, I've heard stories of this, people reading it to crowds, and as the crowd is hearing it, as the congregation is hearing it, they start weeping because it's so beautiful. For me, that oftentimes doesn't happen. Like there, are, there are moments when I can read it and relate to it, and it's like really powerful, right? I can, there are times when uh, I, I can relate to, even though I walk in the dark valley, I fear no evil, for you are at my side with your rod and your staff that give me courage. There have been times in my life where I've gone through trials or just difficult moments, whatever it may be, and I can read that and it's like, yeah, I'm right there. But most of the time when I read Psalm 23, I read it and it's like, that's really nice. What else is in here? And I just want to look. And, and so for me, anytime I read a passage like that and it doesn't strike me as like particularly powerful, one, I, I remind myself that it's okay. I don't have to be attracted to the same exact Bible verses that everyone else is, right? We're each individual people. And so if, if there's a passage that someone is just really fired up about it and it doesn't do anything for me, that's okay. At the same time, though, sometimes I want to sort of question within myself, what is it about this passage that maybe I'm missing out on, right? This person or this, this group of people is really fired up about this psalm, and I don't get super fired up about it. So I want to sort of ask the question, what am I missing out on, or, or why is it that I don't get super fired up about it? And whenever I ask myself that question, I have to sort of be honest with myself. Now, I'm talking about myself here because I've learned over, over some time that if I have an experience, it's most likely the case that I'm not so unique that I'm the only one who's ever had this experience, right? So I'm, I'm talking about myself perhaps with an invitation for you to sort of see if it applies to you. Maybe not even with this particular psalm, but with other passages in Scripture. For this particular psalm, though, I, to be honest with myself, I have to say, like, okay, why is it that I don't get excited about it? And this week, I was, I was reflecting on it. This morning, I was reflecting on it. Last evening, you know, throughout the week, I, I sort of think about it, and I came up with kind of two possibilities. The first one 
is that if I'm honest with myself, I don't think I always believe it. If I'm honest with myself, I don't know that I always believe that God leads me to verdant pastures. I don't know that I always believe that he is leading me toward restful waters. I look, I look at my life sometimes, I look out at the world sometimes, and it seems like there are really choppy waters. It seems like things are really barren. And so sometimes I just I have to admit to myself that I catch myself with weak faith, wondering if God is really looking out for my benefit. Maybe some of you are in that same boat. The other possibility that I I sort of came up with was that I just simply don't know how to rest. Right? There's a lot about this psalm that talks about this, right? The Lord is is leading me. And if, if the Lord is my shepherd and I'm like a lamb, that means that I'm just simply allowing him to lead and I'm not worried about anything. I'm with my shepherd who is the good shepherd and I'm simply meant to just rest with him. But I don't, I think a lot of times I don't really know what that is. I don't know how to rest. There's like something ingrained within me that's frequently thinking about like the next thing. Or I'm thinking about how I can be more efficient. I'm worried about what I'm producing and making sure I produce more and more and more. And so eventually I get to this place where I'm incapable of resting with God. During the first reading, the thing that that caught my attention was this, the Lord talking about how he himself will come and shepherd his people, right? Because the people at the time uh, who were supposed to be leading and shepherding his people, the people of God, were doing a terrible job. And so the Lord says, okay, I myself will come and shepherd them. And what? I will gather the remnants of my flock from all the lands to which I have driven them and bring them back to their meadow. There they shall increase and multiply. I was thinking about this just as the reading was being proclaimed. What happens for a sheep, for for a lamb in its meadow? It simply eats. It doesn't worry about anything else. Right? Because it's the shepherd's job to do all the worrying. It's the shepherd's job to watch for wolves. It's the shepherd's job to make sure there's good grass there, to make sure the lamb is doing what it's meant to do. But for me, I've noticed, ingrained within me, is I'm the one so often worrying about wolves. I'm the one worrying so often about making sure there's enough there for me. I do all the worrying about these different things that I talked about, and so I actually become incapable of rest. I think actually, I know actually, this experience that I experience goes far beyond me. I think we as a people, a Christian people, a Catholic Christian people, but the Christian people at large, we have largely become incapable of resting with God. Our culture has made it ingrained within us to always be anxious about the next thing. To always have our minds filled with all kinds of different things. Some of them good and some of them incredibly distracting. Right? Think about, think about this. How many times you come to Mass, 
I think of this myself, how many times I'm at Mass, offering Mass, and my mind is somewhere else, and your mind is somewhere else. I can't tell you how many times that happens to me as I'm praying the Eucharistic prayer. There have been times when I've prayed, been praying the Mass, offering the Mass, and I, like, I just simply read the words and my mind is somewhere else. Or there are times when I just simply go into autopilot and I just, I say the words because of muscle memory in my mind. There have been times when I've actually like lost my place because I've been so distracted. So then I have to pause and like figure out where am I? And it's really embarrassing. And the thing is, uh, to add on to the embarrassment is that anytime I find myself distracted, I would be super embarrassed to talk about what I'm distracted about. Right? Like there have been, so fortunately not so much right now, but there have been chunks of my life when I would come to Mass, like in high school or college before being a priest, where I would be at Mass doing all the things, saying all the responses, but I'm like thinking about the Vikings game. Or I'm thinking about where I'm going to go after this, the friends that I'm going to get together with, or I'm thinking about like, oh, I can't wait for the donuts after Mass, right? Like, I'm distracted by all these things, even though I'm here physically, right? On the outside, I'm doing all the things. I'm, I'm saying the responses. I'm kneeling when I'm supposed to, you know, whatever. I'm not, I'm not standing out in any awkward and uncomfortable way. But in, internally, I am doing the opposite of what Mass is meant to be for, which is to worship God. And I know that this is more than just my experience, because I know that in the confessional, people confess this all the time. We have become, as a people, pretty incapable of real rest with God. And that, brothers and sisters, is a problem. And I know, that I know, this is the thing, I know that none of us, like if we were asked the question, like, do you intentionally choose to not rest with God? None of us would say, like, no. We would all say, no, I wish I could rest with him. But I... I just can't sit still, or I can't give him my attention. And so this is what I think the Lord is inviting us to. In fact, I know he is in our gospel passage, right? His disciples come back from preaching and, and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and curing people and doing all these amazing things. And what does he say to them? He says, come away by yourselves to a lonely place and rest. This is his invitation to us, that each one of us would get back to a place where we can simply be one of Jesus' sheep. Get back to a place where Jesus, the good shepherd, can be the one who guides us and shepherds us. We don't need to shepherd ourselves. We don't need to worry about other things. But we can just simply come and rest in his meadow and eat his grass. Right? What does the psalmist say? You spread the table before me in the sight of my foes. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Only goodness and kindness follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord for years to come. The Lord wants us to come and dwell in his house. He wants us to be confident in him, to have strong faith, not weak faith. And when we come to be with him, he wants us to be here, like 
holy and in, like totally here. Not here and somewhere else, but to be here with him, to give him our undivided attention. And for that matter, brothers and sisters, he wants us to be with him even outside of these walls. This is part, like a huge goal of the whole Christian life. In fact, when you go home, open up your Bibles and read Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4 is all about how, how it, it's the goal of the Christian life to enter into the rest of God. Heaven itself is one eternal rest where we don't have to be anxious about anything. We don't have to worry about anything. We never have to doubt God's love and his goodness for us, but instead we're just always with him totally confident in him and totally at peace before him. And part of our job, a big part of our job while we're here on earth is to cooperate with his grace in such a way that we, like that it's not shocking to our system when we get to heaven, but that we can develop patterns in our lives here and now where we just regularly rest with him. And that begins with coming to Mass. Right? Think about this. Think that St. Paul says this in our second reading. Through Him, that is through Jesus, we have access to the Father. Right? Take a minute to think about this. God, the Almighty God, is so far superior to you and to me. And He has no need of us. He doesn't need us, if he wanted to, he'd just stop thinking about us and we would disappear and it wouldn't be any loss to him. But as it is, he sees us, he looks down on us, his creatures, and he sees our miserable state. He sees the trials that we go through, the difficulties that we have in our relationships, in our health, in all kinds of different ways. He sees the crummy state of our life. And out of compassion, right, Jesus says, or it says in the gospel, he looked with compassion, with pity upon them. And through that pity, through that compassion, God himself sends his son Jesus to come to us and save us from that crummy state, or at least to be with us in that crummy state. So that every time we come to Mass, the priest acting in the person of Jesus prays the prayer and the bread and the wine actually change into the body and blood of Jesus himself. Jesus Emmanuel, God with us. What an incredible gift that you and I have access to this. And so the first invitation, the first maybe step toward resting with God is coming to Mass and when you're here, when I'm here, to not be thinking about anything else. Not sure it's true. Distractions are going to come. That's part of being human is that we just get distracted by things. But when they come, I'm going to make a firm commitment, just as I, may, I invite you to make a firm commitment to not give those distractions any time of day. But instead, when they come, to just simply maybe whisper under your breath to just say, Jesus, Jesus, help me to be here with you. And then simply return to the Mass so that this time can be a unique time for you as a Christian, a Catholic Christian. But then when you go home, let Sundays be a day that are completely unique compared to the other days of the week. Let them be days where you just don't simply plan anything. 
But instead, you look for ways to rest in an authentic way. And now that's going to look different for each one of us, but there are some things that I think we can all do that at least that way we can open ourselves to God giving us rest. Things like praying, giving time, extra time to prayer on Sundays, like quiet time, where I turn off my phone or I put it on airplane mode or silent mode. I, I turn off my TV, I turn off my computer, my radio, and I just simply sit with the Lord. Maybe I, I open up my Bible and I read a passage, and after I read the passage of the gospel, I just simply imagine myself in that scene. Like we could take our passage for today, right? Imagine what it must have been like to be in the boat with Jesus. Just to imagine that. What would it have been like for them? Like, yeah, the other times when they're on land, there's crowds and like it's kind of chaotic. But in that boat, it was just Jesus and his friends. What must that have been like? That's a beautiful time of prayer for you to take with the Lord. Other things that we can do, right? Like we can, sure, like watching sports, playing games, not a bad thing. But sometimes maybe it's good to pay attention to what's going on in the inside. There, again, like I said, there have been times in my life if I watched a Vikings game, it was less restful for me because I was so into the game and they were often losing that it wasn't actually restful for me. Right, same for you. Maybe, maybe there are things that, that other people can do and they can actually find rest in it, but you can't, and that's okay. Maybe it's just good to simply go outside and take a stroll, not like a power walk, but a stroll where you can just sort of restfully take in nature. It could be good to get a meal with, with family, with friends, whatever it is, but something where you can just sort of be at peace and, you know, give it some trial and error. And as you're doing it, just sort of pay attention. What's going on inside of me right now? Am I noticing that I'm actually getting rest, that I'm being refreshed by what I'm doing, by the Lord? Or is it actually causing me turmoil and maybe this is something I need to avoid on Sundays? Because this is the thing, you guys. The Lord is truly our shepherd. And he wants to shepherd us. But we have to be confident in him. We have to have strong faith. And we have to go to that place of rest. We actually have to go to his meadow as he guides us there so that we can restfully and peacefully live our days with him.